Hey everyone, welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, founder and fitness coach of Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Today, we're going to continue our countdown of the natural laws of health and fitness. We went over laws zero through four in the first episode. So if you want to know what those laws are, make sure that you go back and review those. I'm not gonna do a review of those today because I want to make sure that we have enough time to go over the four laws that we will go over today. The reason that I wanna have enough time is because these four laws are extremely important to understand. Very briefly, just to review what a natural law is. A natural law is a law of nature. Let me back up. It is a law that pertains to all humans at all times that is derived from nature meaning that it is the way that things are. And if you, imply, if you apply this law to you, no matter your circumstance, you can derive benefit from it. While there are plenty of ideas out there about how to improve your health and fitness, the vast majority of them are probably not applicable to all people at all times. And a lot of times will eventually hold you back from achieving your health and fitness goal because a lot of the ideas that are out there are more about the nuance of things than the generality of things. And if you can wrap your head around why it's important to start with and ingrain the generality, in other words, the natural laws of health and fitness, then you can really start to make some progress because these are the things that are easily overlooked because they seem so basic, they seem so trivial, but they are, it is the other stuff that is trivial. This is what matters. It is these basic laws that are applicable to everyone at all times that really help us make progress. Understand that I did not come up with these. I'm not sitting here pretending like this is me giving you some information that I developed these are ideas that have been around for decades, centuries, even thousands of years. Most of them have been around for thousands of years. So if you can appreciate it in our context and you can understand that these, have, these ideas have been around for so long, then you can understand why they are natural laws of health and fitness and why trying to do the newest fad diet is probably not going to get you to where you want to go in a sustainable way. May make some progress initially, but it's, you probably won't keep it. And I don't say that as a hit against you. I have no clue who, <laughs> who you are. I, don't, I mean, I, I like to, I, hopefully we can get to know each other at some point, but, <laughs> but this isn't a hit against anybody. Like, it's just the way things are. Novel things, novel diets, typically don't work. It is the general, it is the natural law of things that we can really build a sustainable life around. So with that being said, law number five, success means doing the hard thing when it, when we know it's the right thing to do. Success means doing the hard thing when we know it's the right thing to do. So this phrase is changed from a phrase that I took from 
Robert Sapolsky, who is a professor of neurology, I believe, at Stanford. He said that the prefrontal cortex makes us do the hard thing when we know it's the right thing to do. The prefrontal cortex is part of the brain that sits right behind the forehead. It is basically your master controller, if you will. It makes you do, del- it makes you do deliberate actions. It basically brings life to your life if you're doing things purposefully. We went over this in the, I want to say the Overcoming Obstacles uh, series. We talked about the bottoms up and the top down process. The bottoms up process is when we're taking in information and we're simply reacting to the information. The example that I used in that series was being at a stoplight and when the light it turns green, we're sitting at a red stoplight, light turns green, we automatically go. That is just us responding and reacting to the environment based on the stimulus we're giving. That is a bottoms up process. Top-down process, on the other hand, uses previous information, the previous information that that we have and the potential for a future outcome in relation to the context that we're given to help us formulate a plan and make a decision on how to move forward. So the example that I used, I believe, was in, in the town of Alexandria, there is one there are one or two lights in particular that if you if it turns green and you automatically go there's a chance it's not most of the time but there's probably a 20% chance that there's going to be another car that's going to be coming that's going to run the red light um, these are lights that there it's very frequent to see crashes at them because people run the red lights often so if you're at the cross street and the light turns green and you're using your top-down process, instead of automatically going, you would think, huh, I see crashes at this light often, so maybe I should sit here for a second and not go automatically, pause for about three seconds, look both ways, and then drive so that I don't get hit or I reduce the likelihood of me getting hit. That is your top-down process. That's your prefrontal cortex turning on and going, Maybe I should wait and not automatically pull out here because I have seen wrecks here and there is a higher likelihood at this intersection of having wrecks. So when I say success means doing the hard thing when we know it's the right thing to do in the context of health and fitness, let's say you're at a party and you're trying to reduce your alcohol intake and all of your friends are partying and increasing their alcohol intake for the night, the right thing for you to do, success in that moment is choosing to not have as much, maybe not not any, but at least as much alcohol as you might usually have in that context. That is success in that moment. In that moment, it is choosing to say maybe every other drink having a bottle of water instead of every drink having a bottle of beer. That is success in that moment. Understand that this is not an overarching, you always have to be successful, you better always make the right choice or else you're going to be a failure. These are moment-to-moment decisions that we have to make. If you put too much pressure on yourself to be perfect all the time and to be perfect in the future, then the likelihood of you failing, failing, quote-unquote, 
increases significantly. But moment-to-moment actions are what important. And success in one context is going to be different than success in another context. But if you can understand that success in any context is doing the hard thing when we know it's the right thing to do, then you can start to make better decisions. And here's the thing about it, which we'll get to in the next law. But the more often you do those hard things, the less hard they become over time because it is the deliberate decision in the beginning that is hard. Those decisions become less hard because they are less deliberate over time because they become more automatic. With that being said, that leads us to law number six, which states consistency trumps everything else. Consistency trumps everything else. That is not an overstatement. That is the truth. Consistency trumps everything else. So in the showing up series, we talked about the prefrontal cortex and the basal ganglia working in unison to help us create habits that empower us to become our best, best selves. The basal ganglia has two pathways to it that help us develop those habits, the associative pathway and the automatic pathway. The associative pathway helps us create and gather information that helps us create, helps us be able to put it together into a context, into a little package that becomes the habit. That then is the automatic pathway. So once we've created all the information we need to create and we've gathered it all up and our mind is wrapped around what we need to do in order to make this habit happen, then it can become automatic. That path, that Literally within that pathway, that neurological thing that is happening is called myelination. Myelin, if you recall again from that same conversation, myelin is a sheet, a wrapping, if you will, of the nerve itself that whenever you do an action, the myelin sheath becomes quote unquote thicker. And the thicker that that myelin sheet becomes over that action pathway, the more automatic it becomes because the signal goes faster. So the more often you do a habit, the tighter and more and thicker the pathway becomes, the more automatic and faster the signal sends, the easier that habit becomes. On the other end of that is demyelination. Demyelination happens, starts to happen at around three or four weeks. If you don't do a habit for around three or four weeks, then it, your, that pathway becomes quote unquote demyelinated, if you will, which means that the signal becomes weaker and over time it becomes harder to do it, which is why when you start doing something like exercising and then you stop doing it, it is hard to get back into it again. So let's say you started exercising, you did it for about six months, and then for some reason you stopped for about three months, it is harder for you to start again because that pathway has become disconnected. Not, not literally, literally, not literally, um, but it has become less insulated, if you will. That's why consist- consistency trumps everything else. Consistency is the important thing. James Clear of Atomic Habits, Atomic Habits says that it, if you can't do all of what you want to do, reduce the scope and stick to the schedule. 
reduce how much of it that you're going to do and just do some of it. If you say you're going to do it every day, do it every day at the time you're going to do it. But if you can't do all of it, at least do some of it because it is more important that you do some of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is more important that you do. <laughs> I had a puberty moment there for a second. It's more important that you do some of it than it is that you do all of it. It is only your ego that tells you, I need to do this perfectly or else it's not worth doing at all. That is 100% your ego telling you that. And this is not me going, oh, shame on you. Really, I should be pointing at myself because, again, I'm a human being. I'm not a perfect human being. Neither are you. We will, I'm sorry to say, but we're not, you know, like, you're not going to be the first perfect human being. I'm not going to be the per first perfect human being. I accepted that, like, last week, and I cried for days about it. But I'm over it, and I've accepted it, and now I'm trying to move on. And if you can support me in that and accept it also that you're not going to be a perfect human being, then you can understand that you can't do everything perfect. It is more important that you do it as consistently as possible than it is to try and do it perfectly. I'm trying to really ingrain this point for a reason. It is that important. Consistency trumps everything else. Effort is one of the most important things. It's the next thing on our list, actually. Effort. I cannot tell you how important effort is, but effort means nothing if you're inconsistent. If you show up every other week to your workout, it means nothing. You can put 110%, which is literally impossible, but you can put 110% into every workout. But if you only show up once a month or every other week or randomly, it doesn't mean anything. Consistency is the most important thing and it trumps everything else. Okay, that leads us to law number seven. When it comes to success, effort counts twice. Effort counts twice. And of course, that is over time. So I'll get to what that means in a second. So Angela Duckworth, in her book, Grit, gave us an equation for achievement. The equation goes as such. You start with talent, you multiply it by effort, and you get skill. You take that skill, and you multiply it by more effort, and you get achievement. Let me say that again. You start with talent. That is your innate abilities, if you will. You multiply that by effort, and you get skill. You become more skillful in whatever it is you're trying to do. You take that skill, you multiply it by more effort, and then you can achieve the outcome that you're after. So effort counts twice. It's important to understand that that equation is done over time. In other words, it's done consistently. If you don't do it consistently, the rest of it doesn't matter, which is why law number six is so important. Consistency trumps everything else. But law number seven is also important. When it comes to success, effort counts twice. So we all have our own abilities that we have innate in us. Some abilities you can you can have actually most abilities, I believe you can develop. But if you are uh, the kind of person who has, this is kind of getting a little uh, in the weeds, but if you're the kind of person who has more fast switch fibers, those are fibers that are more, have more ability to be powerful and strong and fast, hence fast switch, that is myself, then it's going to be somewhat harder for you to be a better long distance endurance athlete. Whereas if, you if you're the kind of person who has more slow twitch fibers, 
then it's going to be somewhat harder for you to be more of a power athlete. Now that's a kind of an extreme example. Um, but I have, like I said, more fast switch fibers. Those are the abilities, quote unquote, this, the talent that I'm born with. When I put effort into something or you put effort into something, then you create more skill around that thing. You take that skill and you multiply it by more effort and then you can achieve the outcome that you're after. Effort is very important. Effort, the effort that you put into something, what you put into it, you get out of it. That is another thing that can't be overstated. What you put into it, you get out of it. If you don't put a lot in, you, you shouldn't expect to get a lot out. In other words, if, and this is, happens a lot, and this is just a product of the environment more than anything else, not necessarily a product of the laziness of people per se, but if you go to your local Globo gym and you walk in, there, the first thing you generally see is about five rows of treadmills. And then behind that is three rows of ellipticals. And behind that is two rows of recumbent bikes. So you think like, that's the thing that I need to do. And then they put TVs on everything. And if you're going to watch TV, you can't go fast. Like you can't work hard and watch TV at the same time. So you put the TV on and you start going fast. You're like, oh, well, I can't be watching TV and go fast. So I better slow down. So if you do that always all the time and you do that over a period of time, you're not going to get a whole lot of results because you're not putting a lot of effort in because you're just getting on the treadmill or the elliptical and you're going at a consistent pace for some basic period, some short period of time. Not a lot of effort put into that. The effort that you put in will decide the outcome that you get. So you need to adjust that effort and you can't just respond or react to the environment that you're given. You have to decide what kind of effort you're going to put in. Once you've built consistency, then you can decide to start to bump your effort up. It is more important that you build consistency into your life than it is to go, oh, I'm going to go hog wild on this workout on day one, because number one, you're probably going to hurt yourself. But number two, it's just not as important as consistency. So follow law number six, consistency trumps everything else, and then come down and understand that once you start once your progress starts slowing down, then you need to bump up your effort because it is the effort that's going to dictate things moving forward. Okay, that leads us to the last law we'll go over today. That is law number eight. Motivation is motivated by activation. Take a quick drink while you let that sink in. How's my, how's the tea look on there, John M? So good. Clear? Oh yeah, so good. I like that answer. Who said Taylor yesterday? I forget who she was training. Oh, uh, <laughs> Brian. He, someone was bench pressing. One of our members was bench pressing yesterday. And she was like, I don't know. You want to put on five pounds or you want to put on 10 pounds? He's like, well, I don't know if I feel like going up 10 pounds. And she goes, well, they're your muscles. You do what you want. And I laughed. I'm like, that's a good answer. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of that. They're your muscles. You do what you want. That's a good way to put it. All right. Back to our laws. <laughs> I hope you're entertained by these like little side <laughs> conversations. Law number eight. Motivation is motivated by activation. So one of the arguments we have with ourselves whenever we're first getting started is I'm not motivated. 
That's a very regular thing to tell ourselves. It's also a reason why a lot of people stop making progress or stop working out or stop eating good. I'm not motivated to do it. The thought is, or the belief is, that we should just have motivation. It should just be a thing that pops up. But if you understand that motivation is simply an emotion, like anger is an emotion, like sadness is an emotion, then you should understand that, yeah, sometimes it just pops up, but also you can create it. Just like you can create anger and you can create sadness if you really want to. Most of us, I don't think, want to do that. But you can do it. I think all of us know your own triggers that you can, buttons you can push if you wanted to do those things. Same thing is with motivation. Motivation is not, a, it is a thing that can just show up. Yes, that is true. But is, but is also a thing that you can create. And if you wait for it to show up, you're going to be waiting around a long time. Which is why a lot of people either don't start in the first place or quit. That's a strong word to use. I don't like that word, but it is the truth of the matter. It's why a lot of people quit because they'd say, I'm just not motivated. And most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, those people that quit because they say they're not motivated are people who are not consistent. And when you're not consistent, which is the most important thing that trumps everything else, then you're not going to be motivated because you're not seeing progress and you're not doing the things that are necessary in order for motivation to be developed or motivation to be mm, encompassed within you, encompassed, to be brought up within you. So what do I mean by motivation is motivated by activation? So when you move, there are neuro, 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 neurotransmitter, geez, old Pete's, neurotransmitters um, that are produced within your body. Neurotransmitters are chemical signal, signalers in your body that carry chemical, chemical signals around that tell your nerves or tell different parts of your body to feel a certain way or do a certain thing, blah, blah, blah. Two of the main neurotransmitters that are activated, if you will, when you start moving are dopamine and acetylcholine. Acetylcholine, it pushes your body to move, if you will. In other words, it gives you the feeling of wanting to move and kind of activates your muscle movement as well. Dopamine, on the other hand, is the molecule of more. It drives you to want more of what you're doing or the thing that you're after or whatever. So when you start moving and when you start becoming active and when you start exercising and you do it regularly, um, not only do you produce dopamine in the moment of you doing it, your dopamine receptability is increased over time because of the movement, because of the exercise, which then increases that motivation ability, if you will, motivation activation. And when you do it over time and you do it consistently, consistently, then your motivation is increased. It is literally those neurotransmitters that is helping create your motivation. It is literally dopamine being shuttled into your body, if you will, not into your body, that's not the correct way to say it, but it is dopamine being released that is creating your motivation to do the thing. And laying around is a very low dopamine state unless you're thinking about the chocolate chip cookies that you want, which then your dopamine levels will rise. But, but if you lay around, you're gonna, be, you're gonna not be motivated. It's just that simple. Action creates action. 
not laying around. It is you doing things. It is you moving. It is you being active. It is you exercising. It is you even eating different things will help different neurotransmitters and their neurotransmittability, probably not the right way to say that, um, increase, if you will. So activation of motivation is not what you think it is. It is not something that just shows up. It is something that you create by your movement. It is something that you create by your actions. And it is the consistency of those actions that creates your motivation. It is not just a thing that shows up. It's not just a thing that you wait around for. And when it's suddenly gone, you just quit because it, because it's gone. Well, now I'm not motivated, so I guess I shouldn't do it. it it's a loop. And if you can understand that it is a loop and sometimes it'll be around and sometimes it won't, but the more often you do the thing that you're doing and the more consistent you are, the more often that that motivation will be around, then your journey will be a lot more sustainable and a lot more enjoyable. I don't want to say easier because it should never necessarily be easy because if you're pushing yourself and you're putting effort in, it should be challenging, but it shouldn't feel like friction, if you will. So those are our four laws for today. Let's do a quick review and we'll wrap it up. Law number five states that success means doing the hard thing when it's the right thing to do. Remember, that is a moment-to-moment -moment decision. That's not something that you should put pressure on yourself to do always all the time. But if you can understand that success is moment-to-moment -moment decision, doing the right thing when it's the hard thing to do, then you can make better decisions. Law number six, consistency trumps everything else. That is not an overstatement. Law number seven, when it comes to success, effort counts twice. Talent times effort equals skill. Skill times effort equals achievement. Thank you, Angela Duckworth, for that equation. And then law number eight, motivation is motivated by activation. It is your movement. It is your actions. It, yes, it is your actions that motivate you. It is not just whenever motivation shows up. That's all I have for you today. Um, remember, no questions this week because I want you to ruminate on these ideas. I want you to sit and recall them. I want you to ingrain them so that you can have them and you can use them. Understand that most of what we talk about is contrary to popular dogma. And if you can understand that and you can believe that a lot of when it comes to health and fitness is a lot simpler than what we want to make it out to be, then you can start to make these changes sustainable. Make sure that you share with your friends so that they can get the natural laws as well. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.